If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello, this is Heather Bayer. This is another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. And as ever, I'm delighted to be back with you again. Hey, we're having a heat wave. You haven't heard me talk about the weather for a while, but it is, uh, as, as I'm recording this, uh, it's our can- just about the start of our Canada Day weekend. And as it's published for my friends in the US, you are celebrating Independence Day. It's going to be a fabulous week here. I hope it is for you too. And for those of you around the world listening to this, I do hope you're having a glorious, glorious first week of summer. We certainly are. Um, it's swimming weather, kayaking weather, paddleboarding weather, weather for everything outside. So, and and we have a full summer of rentals. Um, probably, I don't know how many we have. I mean, we've got, to, to, and I still I can't quite get my grips on how many properties we currently manage because they come, they go. We've taken on a lot of new ones in the past couple of months. I mean, it, it, it's been the busiest year ever for new properties being onboarded to our property management company. And it's it's really interesting because, as I say, it's the busiest year ever. We've never had this amount of interest before. Now, a couple of couple of reasons. One reason is that people are buying properties, and whereas, let's say, five or ten years ago, rental was not part of this purchasing strategy, it is now. Just about everybody who buys a second home in our neck of the woods is an investor. They are investing in the uh, in the second home market and wanting a return on that investment. And of course, renting is the way to do it. Um, that's definitely one of the uh, with the reasons. Another is perhaps, and, and we're finding this a lot. I'm hearing this a lot. We're getting a lot of clients, owner clients, who rented last year and they they bought their property or they. They started renting and they started renting with Airbnb because it was the thing to do. Everybody was jumping on the Airbnb bandwagon and they have found that it's, you know, it's not quite as it was cracked up to be. They're not being able to screen their guests. And because in our area, most of our guests only have to travel two or three hours by car, that it's very easy for parties to break out and, with the lack of screening with Airbnb and not being able to talk to guests and really pinpoint who these uh, these people are, um, we've had. I've I've just been talking to a lot of owners who had some really really bad experiences last year. They had damage. They had noise complaints from neighbours. They had uh, issues with cleanliness and overcrowding. And these were all from Airbnb guests. So, you know, I'm I'm not pointing the finger at Airbnb and saying this is where they're all coming from. But I think that attitudes uh, are changing within the guest dem- within our 
guest demographic. And as far as I can see, you know, we, we've always said that screening is by far the most important aspect of our task as a rental management company. And that is going to, rem that's remaining the case. This is why we don't work with Airbnb. We, we still have the option to take 24 hours before to, to actually review the guests' particulars, their names, their ages, um, who they want. Not so much their names. You can't tell much from a name, but certainly from, from um, ages, from talking to them on the phone and, and finding out a little bit more about why they want to come on vacation and what it is they enjoy most. And, and we are able to, in general ensure that our clients, our owner clients, have the smoothest possible rental experience. And going by last summer, we had one instance, I believe, of overcrowding, and that's with 2,000-odd rentals. And of course, there's some we obviously don't hear about, and I understand that, but we just don't have the complaints. We don't have the complaints from our owners or very few complaints from owners, very few complaints from neighbors. And it's, uh, this is why owners are, are coming to us. And in general, we're able to raise the rental rates to, to meet the same, um, the same amount that our owners would be receiving if they were renting through Airbnb. And often we're getting more for them. So anyway, not not quite a plug for Cottage Link Rental Management, which is our company, but uh, but there you are. Um, okay, today's guest is someone that I've been trying to get hold of for quite some time. It's CJ Stam from Southern Comfort Cabin Rentals in Blue Ridge, Georgia. If you have followed Matt Landau's Sense of Place uh, video series, then you may have seen CJ meeting with Matt and showing him around properties that are in his inventory and, and showing him how he manages his properties. The most important reason I wanted to talk to CJ is that he was the founder of the Blue Ridge Lodging Association, which is a network of property management companies in his area. And they have done something very unique, not only to network, to collaborate, to get together, but also to create something that has boosted their occupancy at a time of year when it's generally pretty abysmal. And we're going to hear a little bit more about that from CJ. So without further ado, let's move on over to this episode where we learn more about this particular property management company. We learn more about the Blue Ridge Lodging Association and how CJ works with local providers, local suppliers to make the experience for guests even more special. Well, I'm delighted to have with me today CJ Stam of Southern Comfort Cabin Rentals in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Welcome, CJ. How are you doing today? Fantastic, Heather. Thank you so much. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you in San Antonio and, uh, and spend a little bit of time with you. We did, I think we did that little uh, Facebook Live session with David and Wes, am I right? 
With like us. yes, yeah. yes, we did, and that was a fantastic event. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah, really, it re- it went so well. But you know, all the kudos goes to to our speakers and the attendees. It was just it was just a great get together of such like minded people. And I, I the the one we did last year in Toronto, and I did a keynote and I talked about it was about it being a weekend of nerding out. We don't quite come dressed up as as Power Rangers or whatever. Sorry, my my granddaughters are watching Power Rangers at the moment, so it's on my in my mind. But we don't we don't sort of get right. Not not like not like Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's similar. We all come with our vacation rental hats on and just nerd out for an entire weekend, and I just I'd love it. Well, I tell you, I've been to a lot of conferences uh, all around the world, and I have to say that the one that. Uh, you put on is world-class. There's no doubt about it. Fantastic speakers. Uh, Most importantly, the culture of the event and the people that are there, uh, they're all eager to learn. It's a a field that's just ready to be harvested. People are are there, like you said, with their vacation rental hats on, ready to share information, ready to take information in. And that's, you just can't, you can't beat that. Absolutely. And somebody said to me, I think it was one of the, the exhibitors, you know, when, when they were asking about coming to the event in the first place and said, you know, is this worth a while? And I said, look, you've got, you might have 200 odd independent owners in that room, but every single one of them is the potential rental manager of the future. That is exactly how I started. And most managers that I speak with um, say the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we've all been there. So that's a good segue into my first question, really, is how did you get into this business in the first place? Well, you know, I've, I look at the vacation rental industry and what I always find is very interesting is that in the early times, there was no formal way to get in, right? People just kind of found their way into the business. And I think I'm one of those people. And it's one of the reasons why we really relate all right now. The future may hold something different, right? Some sort of professional certification like an attorney, a CPA, a real estate uh, broker, et cetera. But right now, I believe that most people, the two segments, A, the real estate side, or B, the people that were just the owners, either way, there's a a hybrid effect that takes place there. Um, My background is in hospitality. I started with uh, Starwood Hotels in Atlanta and uh, made my way around a couple of different brands within Starwood, as well as some other hotel brands. Uh, My focus was uh, customer service management. And um, how I got into vacation rentals is that my parents did a lot of investing in real estate. Uh, There came a point in time where I was having a conversation with my dad, and he asked what I was going to do with my hotel experience. What was my, my career path in the hotel world? And I told him that I would love to be the general manager of a hotel someday. And he asked me why. Uh, From that conversation, it led to my desire to have this uh, mayoral-like effect in in work. Like when I looked at my current general manager, I was in my early 20s at the time. I thought he was very charismatic, had a really cool job, you know, kind of was like the mayor of a small town. Uh, My dad asked me a very important question at that time to ponder, and it was, did the general manager of the hotel have the lifestyle that I wanted? That was an important question Mm -hmm. because I had never thought about it that way. I just thought about what I saw on the surface, not really what 
what did this guy's life look like outside of work? Because your life just isn't work. But at the time, you know, I'm, I'm eager, I'm hungry, I'm thinking work, work, work. That's all there is to it. So I started watching and I quickly deducted that, you know, the guy was working all the time. He really didn't have much lifestyle outside of work. It was in at seven, out at seven, right? There were other things that I just started to notice. That, so I came back to my dad and I said, hey, look, you know, I'm not sure that's exactly what I want. Uh, my parents were both entrepreneurs in different businesses, and they always were around, and they seemed to have some freedom and some flexibility. And he said, you've got to figure out a way to own your own business. And he gave me a book, um, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think a lot of people have read that book. Mm-hmm. It's a great entrepreneurial book. And I read that book, and I came back to my dad and said, okay, what do I do next? Like, show me the way. And six weeks later, um, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and wound up passing very quickly after that. That thrust me into the real estate world. So I'm in hospitality at the time. My father has passed. My parents have uh, some real estate investments. At the time, my mom was working on a project uh, rehabilitating some homes uh, in a small town outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So I started working with her on that project. We started doing some real estate together. We wound up selling that that development, a project of, uh, that we had, you know, renovated all these homes and got them rented and then sold them to an investor. We did a 1031 exchange. And I, I had mentioned to my mom that we should look at buying a vacation home. So a, a rental home for a rental home, like home exchange, something we could do and also enjoy the homes. Plus we had a lot of furniture from my mom's house. We had to sort out, which is so funny. Don't ever buy a vacation rental to just put furniture in. <laughs> Because that's exactly what we did. It was so kooky, but we did it. And we wound up buying these two homes in 2006. Uh, We used the furniture, figured out real quick, this furniture doesn't really fit like we thought it would. We wound up buying all new furniture. Um, And my, my role in this little enterprise was to manage the manager. So we went, we interviewed managers and we found one that we really liked. Um, and we started uh, with these two homes in their program. Manager did really good for us. And it was a nice uh, way for me to get introduced to vacation rentals. Well, 2008 hit, everything got a little wobbly in the real estate world, as we all know. So I decided that I would take over the management of those two homes as a start. And that's where my quest for uh, learning more and becoming successful in vacation rental started. Wow, that's, that, that's quite a story. You know, sorry, so sorry to, to learn of your dad's passing. So obviously at, at a pretty young age, but um, the legacy he left you is, is amazing. Just the story of just that question he asked you. I think that's, that, is, that is wonderful. It's one, yeah, one conversation, one question. Never underestimate the power of that. How many properties do you have now under management? Uh, currently, we're around 110 homes, um, of which 97 of those are active vacation rentals, and the remainder are homes that we just do uh, property, general property management on. They're near our mm-hmm. vacation rentals, and the owners contacted us basically saying, hey, look, you know, if you're always coming out to this house, why don't you provide some service for us? So uh, 110 
uh, in our area now. But over that time, since 2008, you've, um, you've seen firsthand how, you know, w- what it takes to build a business. What do you find most challenging at the moment? I know that most of us are experiencing all sorts of different challenges. So what's your experience? I mean, I wouldn't say there's anything, a, you, there's no unique challenge uh, to me, I feel like, in our industry right now, because there's always going to be challenges. That's part of what makes us professionals is dealing with those challenges. I mean, if I were to focus on one thing right now and say it, it we might from 30,000 feet want to look at this as an industry, I would say it's inventory right now, the amount of it coming online. I believe that right now we're, we're, we're going to go through a, a softening because there are so many people interested in the business that they're just rushing in. I'm seeing more inquiries to get into our program than I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm being a lot more selective about the homes that I bring in to manage. That is so interesting you say that because in, yeah. my, in my introduction to this, um, which I recorded before speaking to you, that was the that was a focus of my introduction that's saying that this year in our manage, you know, I I run a property management company we've got about just under 200 homes that I have never seen the influx of new properties than that I have than I have this year so that was just yeah I just wanted to get that in because that was so interesting that you're saying exactly the same I have an alliance of managers that I talk to all over the United States and and it's the one common thread it's a it's a common denominator that we're seeing uh, when we're talking about numbers, how are your reservations? How are your future bookings, right? All of these things, everybody's feeling it. The challenge is this, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw two parallels here. One is that if I don't take them into my program, someone else is going to take them into theirs. And if someone doesn't take them into theirs, then they're going to go to one of the OTAs because they can do that now very easily. I mean, VRBO has always been there, but there are way more options for own individuals to self-manage their homes. So they're going to wind up on the market one way or the other. And if they don't go with a manager and they go with an OTA, now that manager is still having to compete with the OTA because they're getting more inventory. So there's really, you know, this is just something that we're going to have to deal with. But another side to this is the inventory itself, the buyer of the inventory and their intent with that inventory. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I hate to use the word greed, but a lot of people, I get, get the sense that they're coming in like, oh, vacation rental uh, will make it so I can uh, afford this house or whatever, and I'll just put it in the way that it is, or like we did, I'll just fill it in with furniture from my, like I'll, I'll buy new furniture for my house and recycle the old furniture into my, my second on my vacation rental. And then the, the proceeds from that will pay for my new furniture. But the, when you look at the hotel industry, every five to seven years, a hotel goes through a PIP, right? A property improvement project where they're constantly trying to keep their product updated, fresh and new to keep those customers coming. And as a fragmented uh, industry where we have a whole bunch of individual owners, you get a lot of middle end inventory in and it's going to drag prices the wrong direction. And I think that's an education point for managers to be able, you know, to be able to stand their ground when they're working with a new owner coming into the program to make sure that they understand that they can't just dump a house with, you know, halfway furniture and used sheets and stuff like that, you know, and that's, that's, you know, something that, uh, someone can only do by confidence. 
right? To be able to confidently stand there because everybody, especially when they're first starting out, they want everything they can get as much market share as they can get. And I sit now in a very comfortable position because I get to choose, Mm -hmm. but it is still something that I would encourage anybody starting out, make sure you don't compromise on that, or at least lay the groundwork that you're going to be the professional to help them right? When you start telling them the market saying your home's not renting or your price is going down because you need to freshen up the beds, put in new TVs, make sure that the dishes in the, the kitchen are not used. You know, that's what, what your customer is looking for. And they feel, they feel that they've been um, taken advantage of when they get into a home that's, you know, could be a nice home, but everything in it feels half taken care of. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean you make some fantastic points there, uh, and I think it's some something that, as, as you say, people are experiencing this right the way across the industry. Um, yeah, that 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 is really great, and it, it just hearing what you're saying, it's it's just mirroring what we're experiencing up here in uh, in Ontario as well. The, you know, the, the demand for higher standards is growing. We are seeing owners coming on board that are that are looking at. You know, this is this is an easy way of making money, and and just and the higher standards are going to be driven by another industry, a parallel industry. The hotels getting into this business now at the rate that they're getting into it, what they do well in hotels, they will bring to vacation rentals, and that's higher standards. Mm-hmm. And managers and independent owners need to realize that we're, we're not just going to be competing against each other anymore. We're going to be competing against an industry that already has money. I feel like it's a good thing for the customer. We're seeing this here. We're hearing this from r- around the world that um, put this push for higher standards is, is, is going to be fantastic for, for, for the guests, not so much for those who think that they're going to make some easy money out of it. I mean, it's a business. You gotta, you've got to be professional and, and, and treat it like one. You've you've talked about networking with other property managers, and uh, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast that when I started out in this in this business, which is back in two thousand and three, every everybody kept to themselves. All the agencies in our area, nobody talked to each other because you didn't want to anybody getting hold of your stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and I realized very quickly. I agree. That- Nobody's got secrets, guys. Come on, we all do exactly the same thing. And I've been, I've been wanting to create a network of of our agents since since probably about two thousand six, two thousand seven, and it's finally happening for us. But it's happening because of you. You know, we're we're finally getting our act together and we're connecting with other agents. It's because of the Blue Ridge Lodging Association. I found it online long before I'd really heard about you and 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 met you and it was like I found the blueprint. So I just wanted to to find out a little bit more about the Blue Ridge Lodging Association. How did it come about and how valuable is it to um to you know yourself as a property manager and the other members? Heather, I literally have chills like goosebumps. The hair is still standing up on my arms and my neck because I've, I admire everything that you've done with the vacation rental success formula. Um, and you discovering the lodging association and, uh, crediting it for some of your, your enthusiasm for your own concept is amazing. Another part of my story early on, uh, I started with my two homes and I formed a small company. 
immediately found out there was there was nobody willing to talk to me in my market. There were about 30 plus managers. Nobody talked to anybody exactly like you said. Everybody was you know um you know they had their their secret sauce and that was great. I I wanted my secret sauce. What happened in this process when I when I pulled the two homes from my current manager they approached me after I pulled them and said, look, we've got some family stuff going on and we may have to move to the Midwest. You have the DNA to do this. Would you be interested in in buying our company? So we looked at it and it was very, very enticing. They had a great business, but I was already uh, in a position that I was having to make a, a sacrifice actually to take over the management of these two homes because my other income had, had been uh, eviscerated because of the, the downturn and, and the lack of funding to real estate. So I really didn't have the money to buy what they were offering me. But it just so happened, one of, one of our side hustles, if you will, is we do window coverings. So my, my wife... Um, uh, primarily runs that business. I'm I'm her number one installer. She says we had a um, if you kind of follow what what happened here. We had a, a builder approach us to put uh, window coverings in a spec home that we did not realize a local broker who owned a hotel as well as a real estate firm as well as a vacation rental company was the investor. Well, after we installed the windows window treatments, he connected us with uh, the owner of this this company. And as we're having the conversation, I start is the first person I've now had a chance to connect with that's in the industry. So we're talking and I just throw out there, hey, would you would you be interested in hiring me? I have these two homes that I own. I've picked up a a few others. I'll bring them into your program. But would you, you know, basically give me a job so I can figure out how this whole thing works? And that's what I was looking for at the time was I, I needed some some security. Well, he denied me that. He was like, nope, can't do that. So I just shot the question right across his bow and said, well, would you sell your company? And he said that he would, and that's Southern Comfort Cabin Rentals. So we negotiated the deal, and I purchased uh, his, his firm in 2009, right after I purchased his firm. So now I'm like, all of a sudden, I go from this little startup manager to owning an established vacation rental brand in my market. It, it didn't have as nearly as many homes as we have now. It's floating around 30 or so. But all of a sudden, I made headlines, right? I'm the new guy on the block. All of a sudden, everybody looks over at who bought what they felt to be one of their competitors at the time. Well, shortly after that happened, two, two, two major events took place. Thanksgiving 2009 and the failure of a huge company in our area. They happened simultaneously. I lost seven homes the first Tuesday of November to owners that lost their their places in foreclosure, but never said a word to me. They, They gave me no warning. They were just collecting the rental up until that point. And then I get, we're sold out Thanksgiving. This is huge revenue for me, seven homes. And vet, boom, gone. Locked up on that first Tuesday. I can't get to them. I'm scrambling like nobody's business to try to find homes for these seven customers. I was so sensitive to everything at the time. 
what that did is it started connecting me with some other managers. I actually got to speak with them firsthand and start to introduce myself and tell them I had a rental form. I wasn't even looking for a cut of the commission. I was looking out for the guests. I just wanted to make sure I found them a place. I was able to do it. I got all seven relocated in just a matter of, of those two weeks from losing the homes. That's amazing because we, we have this occasionally where we have to do one or perhaps two, but never 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 more than one uh, on one on for, for, for one week <laughs> and so seven it, it wow. was a unique time it was it was a unique time but you know uh, iron sharpens iron that's how i took it at the time it was just just get through it just do what you can and, and get through it you know my mom's always told me to give and expect nothing in return and you'll always wind up with more and she's also told me to plant seeds of trees you'll never sit under. And I live, I live by mottos like that. What winds up happening next is incredible. What, the largest vacation rental company in our area goes belly up. Right on the heels of that, we had a guy that literally put together a website and started advertising homes that he didn't even have and was collecting deposits on it. So all this shenanigans in our in local little small town in this industry is happening and we become villains overnight. Vacation rental people are bad. And I look around at some of my peers and I say, we've got to get this under control. We can't let, we can't, we can't hide from each other and not talk about things in our business and expect that we're going to be able to do anything when something like this happens. So I just proposed that we band together and I got a few managers that I was close with at the time and say, look, let's just start. Let's start talking you know, and, and this idea of an association comes along. Another one of the managers proposes an idea. Uh, Tabitha with Mountaintop Cabin Rentals proposes an idea that she's got an, uh, a, an owner and guest in her program that does a, a barbecue down in South Georgia. So a couple of us go and check it out. We get with him. We formulate this idea. First, it was a competition barbecue. All of our brain power was put into how we could make this thing successful and how could we get, do something that the, the community would benefit from um, and create an event. So we started brainstorming the formula. The first thing that we, we decided was that we wanted to plant the festival on a dead time. We did not want to go to an existing time where there was already people coming to the area. We wanted to try to create a, a reason to come to the area. And that was, that was, we didn't realize how tough that was going to be. We were pretty naive, but we all decided that, you know, we would pony up the initial money and just pray that this thing went over well. So we chose the third weekend in September. Collectively, our data told us that, and this is now here we are sharing data, never done that before. And, and at least in our market at that time. We decided that uh, we would go with just a festival-style um, format with live music and vendors that came in to sell food. Uh, we had another issue at the time. Alcohol was a um, uh, not really an accepted, uh, you know, social beverage in our area. We're in the Bible Belt and. The, the town was still coming to grasp with the fact that people like to have wine or beer with their meals. It was a big challenge for us to, to get that passed as well. So there was some, you know, kind of some governmental 
navigation that we had to do to make that happen. But the camaraderie that grew from that first festival uh, to this day has forged friendships that have allowed us to work together with a mission that if we all do better, when someone comes to our area, they're going to want to come again. Right. I think everybody can look in their, their portfolio of homes that they manage and say, okay, the homes within my program compete with each other first. Then my program competes against other programs. But what I don't think everybody's really recognized yet, I know the Chamber of Commerce in most areas have, but managers need to consider this as well if they're, if they're going to consider putting together some sort of association. Our area competes against other areas. And collectively, if we do much better of a job in our area with our hospitality, it's a Disney effect. Right. People want to come back to our area because of the, the hospitality, because of the, you know, the fact that, that if even if they choose one of my homes or one of my competitors homes where we're competing to be cleaner than, the, than each other. It ultimately benefits the guests. You're, I know I kind of zigged still... and zagged all over the place <laughs> with that, but well, you're, <laughs> you're still giving me more ideas. And, uh, you know, th th these are the ideas that I'm going to take back to 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 my my group. And uh, because, we, you know, we're all excited to start this. We are now where you were all those years ago saying, you know, well, now we're getting together. Now we're talking to each other and and we're collaborating, which I, I, I just absolutely love. And it's, it's had such huge benefits. I heard Ontario is beautiful. So I'm, I think I might have to come visit. I think you may. I think you may indeed. But I, I you know, I, I, I saw the episode of A Sense of Place that, uh, you know, of Matt Landau's A Sense of Place, where he stayed at your properties. And I'm thinking, wow, that's where I need to go. Come on down. Yeah. I, I'm, Matt is awesome. And that show, everything he's done with that show so far, I don't even think that we've seen the real impact that it's going to have, especially over time and especially with what he's capable of doing. He is a real asset to our industry. Let's just talk about that episode a little bit because within that episode, and I'll be putting a link on the show notes to it so you know, so listeners can go and take a look at that particular episode as well as the others, but it, it really demonstrated your focus on working, you know, you know, working with local providers and suppliers. Um, what tips can you give other owners and property managers who'd like to forge similar relationships with, with, with suppliers in the local area? Because we, we hear people, Matt in particular, saying, you know, this is what you need to do. But how do you actually begin those relationships? Partner with your Chamber of Commerce. Get involved as much as you can with them. They're already doing a lot of that work. Um, and then from there, start to determine, listen to your customers, listen to your guests. What are they asking for when they're booking reservations or they're coming to stay at your house? What experiences are they already asking you for? Um, you know, our area, we're, you know, the Chamber of Commerce in our area did a survey out to people that uh, left their information, uh, their contact information, wanting to learn more about our area. So they, they've done a, they, a survey and what came back was when they asked why, you know, why did you visit our area or why would you want to visit our area? The number one thing the, the information said was scenic beauty. And then getting down deeper into that, the scenic beauty is the lakes, the rivers, the hiking. 
So that immediately indicated to us early on that these are the areas that we should put information out in front of our customers, make it very easy for them to get it. So we become a trusted resource for them. And then we just went out and literally used all the services in our area and, you know, picked the ones that we thought were the best for our customer. And, you know, we've carried a lot of really good relationships for a very long time, just from, you know, that listening to the customer first. Mm -hmm. Sounds like this is sort of almost a unique collaborative effect that you're taking beyond the network of your, your local property managers, but out through the community as well. Any service provider in the area knows, especially if you have more vacation rentals than hotels like our area, right? They know how important your customer is to their business as well. So they're going to most times be pretty eager to work with you. And it doesn't always have to be a monetary gain uh, on your side for the referral. One of the things I did with a whitewater rafting company is I said, hey, look, I'm going to put you on the checkout of our uh, property management system. So when people are checking out, like if you go to, to my website and pick a property and then go all the way through the booking process, the second page that you get to is a list of services that we provide. And these are all strategic partnerships with local vendors in our area. And some of the things that we do is we just trade. Like for the whitewater rafting company, they give me a certain number of tickets for free whitewater rafting or free zip lining. And I use those in situations where, hey, a home's not ready yet or something happened mechanically at a home or uh, a charity auction. I'll bundle up and put some of those in there. And it absolutely is a win-win situation for everybody because the customer gets something, maybe an experience they didn't expect, that vendor's getting a customer that hopefully will come back and use them again or refer them. So, you know, don't be afraid to get creative there. Once again, I'm I'm getting mown down with all these ideas. <laughs> it, I'm happy to share because, again, I feel like this is our industry as a whole. I mean, it's really going to come down to the independent manager being able to stand on their own two feet and give a unique, right? Give a unique experience to the big guy, right? Because that's where that's where this whole thing is coming to in, in my mind, right? We're going to be going up against the people that know process, that know procedures, that know how to create a quality stay in the home each time, but might not be able to provide that same local level touch and experience that, that we can. And we're going to, you know, there, there's, there's going to have to be a differentiation. It will become clearer and clearer if the big guys can do it as time goes on. Okay. Uh, so CJ, this is all really, really great stuff. And, and it, you know, your business is, is, sounds pretty successful. Just one last thing I'd like to ask you. If you were starting again in this business, is there anything you'd do differently? Is there anything you'd do differently at the outset? You know, that's a really hard question because the one thing that I did that was probably the hardest is I did every single thing. And I look at managers, and when I say I did every single thing, literally, I was everything to the business, for the business, about the business, for an unsustainable amount of time. I was headed for early burnout quick. I don't know if I would do that differently or not, because it, it really allowed me to understand the granular level of the business 
But if I were to say anything to any anybody uh, of what I might have done differently is I might have taken time sooner to really draw out where I wanted my business sooner. It took me about three, almost four years to really get my head out from within the business, right? Working on the business inside of it to working on the business. That's really the main difference uh, would be, you know, really take your time and draw out the lifestyle question, right? Mm-hmm. That my dad asked me. For anybody that's in this business now, draw out what you want your business to look like and how you want it to affect your life. It doesn't have to be a perfect flow chart, but just sit down and say, okay, here's where my business is today. It's me and my helper, or it's me and these 10 people or whatever it is, and decide what you want your business to look like and start working on the business, not just in it. And you know, really determine what it is that you want your life to be like so you can prevent yourself from burning out because it's more than just what that means for you. It will, it will mean something to your employees and it will mean a lot to your, your guests and your customer. Yeah, really wise words. And I love how, you know, in this conversation, we've, we've sort of come full circle from, from, your, from your beginning story to really your closing words, which is wonderful. And it sort of brings me to, immediately comes to mind, the E-Myth Revisited um, which I'll put a link to because you talk about Rich Dad, Poor Dad being one of the sort of pivotal books for you. Um, for me, it was E-Myth. E-Myth is, is the book from year three and four that made me decide I, I, I had to quit. I literally had to quit in order to see that there was something bigger. I had, I, I had to say I can't be everything to everybody all the time it will literally kill you. (laughs) And that book was pivotal for sure. I, yeah, I love, I love both of those. And, and I think for any, for anybody considering kicking off in this business, that they're both must reads. Hey, CJ, I'm unfortunately, you know, I'd, I'd love to carry on this conversation because, um, you know, your, your growth in the industry sort of seems to, to mirror mine and, and so much of you're talking about, that, that so much that you're saying, I'm sitting here nodding, thinking, yes, ex- exactly. You know, you've got to have that picture of what you want your lifestyle to be, or else you end up deep in the deep in the weeds, and and it, it it's tough down there. But once you see the picture of where you want to be, it just sort of opens it up to to be able to work on the business and not so much in it. Absolutely, I feel you've done that with your your conference as well. I'm a huge fan, and I'm happy to help you. Uh, any way I can, anytime. And I look forward to uh, carrying on our conversation either in, in Blue Ridge or Ontario or wherever in between we may meet. Well, we, we will get together. If you're in Las Vegas in, <laughs> in October, I don't know if you'll be going to VRMA conference, but I will be there. Uh, we're considering it. So that might, be, that might be a good place for us to, uh, you may have, you may have uh, helped me make that decision. That, that that would be fantastic, but I'm sure we will see you um, on an, on another occasion. Um, if if not, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, and um, we will. One hundred percent. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Have a fantastic day. Well, thank you, CJ Stam of Southern Comfort Cabin Rentals, for joining me for that really enlightening discussion. You know, it just goes to to show that it never matters 
how long you have been in this business, there is always something new to learn and something that you can gain from networking and collaborating with other people. I've been saying this for a, for a long time. I mean, from CJ and uh, his involvement with the Blue Ridge Lodging Association, I have learned so much that has enabled me and my colleagues up here in Ontario to begin to develop our own network of agents. It's allowed us to have discussions that have taken us out of that old competitive framework and to structure something that's going to be massively useful for us as a collective and also for for our own individual property management companies. And and I do thank CJ and and there are others, of course, who have done similar things across North America in and in the UK as well, because the there is a, a UK network of property management companies as well that you can see if you go to lovecottages.co.uk. Um, that is something that we're striving for to to enable us to capture bookings from from a collective uh, foundation, if you like. So you know, take a look out, t- take a look at Love Cottages, because that is a great organisation of like-minded companies that have come together and are pushing the whole direct booking concept by that whole act of collaboration. So yeah, I've got loads of ideas to to take forward, to take take to our next meeting of the Ontario Cottage Rental Management Association, and uh, and thanks CJ for that. So that's it for another week. We are in a most wonderful heat wave at the moment, and it's going to go on for a couple of weeks. And I'm enjoying every minute of it because I know that. Um, you know, the time is going to come when when we ease back into the cold weather at the end of this summer and back into winter. Um, but that's a long, long way ahead. And uh, no doubt you will be hearing from me about that as it comes. So until then, my friends, thank you so much for, for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you with me. If you've got any comments or suggestions, please email me at heather at cottageblogger.com. And until next time, stay strong, collaborate, network. And let me know how you're doing. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.